0: this show is a proud member of the nerdy legion podcast network get more at nerdylegion.com enjoy the show hello there it's been a while i'm martin and this is i am gotham yes it's been a while so i'm labeling this episode return to gotham tonight i'll be talking about detective comics 39 through 42 So uh, I hope you enjoy Now that I'm finally making a little bit of time every week Hopefully I can put these out on a regular basis Enjoy First up, we'll be discussing Detective Comics number 39 from May 1940 And uh, it's got a great cover, man I gotta tell you, the the covers from this era are some of my favorites They're not the most intricate But uh, super simple in what they do And so dynamic, I just love them um, e- even the interior art, really. I mean, compared to some of the some of the art now, this might not be the the best art style. But God, if if you find a scan copy with some good colors in here, especially some of these earlier issues, it is uh, it is freaking fantastic. So, anyways, this is Batman: The Sensational Adventures of the Batman with Boy the, uh, Robin the Boy Wonder. In this particular issue, Batman and Robin are going to be facing against the Hatchetman. Uh, which, of course, happen to be Chinese. We'll get to that in a second. Um, as the issue kicks off, you have uh, a couple of millionaires that get kidnapped. The chauffeur gets killed by a hatchet. And, uh, of course, this hits the papers, and that's how Batman and Robin find out. you got to remember, this is, you know, the 40s. So there's no internet. There's no other way for them to find uh, serious crimes happening, other than reading about it in the newspaper. And uh, the newspaper's been pretty key... And all these early Batman issues um, in order to set up the story. So Batman and Robin decide that uh, they need to investigate what's going on with these uh, kidnapped uh, millionaires. And it just so happens that they get to the notices section and there's a, a note in there for Batman. It says, Batman, a friend needs your help. Come at once. And uh, it's written in like a Chinese typeset. Remember, this is the 40s, so you can't really get uh, all up in a fit about the the level of racism that happens in some of these early issues. Especially when you have the Chinese characters. We've seen Chinese characters pop up in Batman before, uh, the, the story of the Red Ruby. And that plays into this because Wong, who is the unofficial mayor of Chinatown, is the one that places the ad in the newspaper for Batman to find because he has some information about the kidnapping of these rich men uh, of Gotham. So Batman goes to find Wong and Wong tells him the story how uh, there's some opium shipments coming into the bay and he needs to uh, investigate because they, that whoever's bringing this opium in is uh, the ones that are kidnapping these rich people but of course wang is under uh investigation from these uh secretive opium dealers and uh somebody's watching him from behind one of his paintings and uh that that panel a little bit cheesy but uh, it's it's really cool it, it it really sets the point home you know that that wang is being watched and yes of course wang is wearing traditional chinese garb uh i i would say from like the I don't know, 1500s, 1600s, but, you know, what can I say? It, it, it's the 40s. There wasn't uh, as much uh, political correctness, I guess you would say, as, as we have now. So, of course, Batman goes and tries to see uh, what the involvement is with, between the Opium Traders and these, these mysterious figures, and uh, he goes and tells Robin all about it. When he comes back to visit Wong to see if he's got some more information, Wong is kind of sitting at his bed, or maybe it's a chair, can't really quite tell. And he's like, Wong, what's wrong? What's the matter? And suddenly when he pulls Wong forward, Wong's got a hatchet stuck in the back of his head. Uh, So he's been killed by these mysterious uh, opium traders. Luckily for Batman, Wong managed to carve out uh, on his desk Pier 3. He's like, oh yeah, Pier 3. He's like, that's near Chinatown. I'm going to go see what's going on uh, over at Pier 3 with these Opium Traders. And as that happens, the, the Hatchet Men pop in, and they attack Batman. And of course, he is Batman, so he uses his magical jujitsu to uh, take down the Hatchet Men. Uh, he's got a little bit of Spider-Sense tingle in here, which is really cool. And uh, the, the panel layouts on here are so awesome, man. It, like, everything is so dynamic. Uh, you really get a feel for the action. And you know, like I said, that's, that's really key in a lot of these early issues. There's not a whole lot of like detail in the backgrounds. There's actually very little backgrounds in, in most of these panels. Uh, but you really get the feel that Batman is really tussling with these guys. He jumps out the window with one of them and uses him to break his fall. As he falls down, even though he breaks his fall, he gets knocked unconscious. And uh, this is when we switch over to Robin. Robin goes to see what's going on uh, at Wong's house. He finds Wong is dead. He also finds the uh, Pier 3 inscription, and uh, it's funny because Wong's dead hand is kind of like pointing at Pier 3. Uh, so Robin goes to the pier uh, to see what's going on there. And he is also being followed by the Hatchet Men, because they realize he, he's wearing this weird costume as well. He must be related to the Batman in some way. And we saw Batman here earlier, so let's follow him and see if we can find the Batman as well. Uh, unfortunately for him, he does get overcome, and one of the Hatchet Men kidnaps him and takes him to the leader of the gang. And this is the Green Dragon Gang. Uh, also the Hatchet Men is what they're called in here. And so the leader of the, the Green Dragons, he's questioning Robin. Uh, you know, He wants to know where Batman is so that you know he can put an end to him and they can continue with their shady opium dealings. And he pits Robin up against one of his strongest men who's got a giant steel sword. And of course he gives Robin a little tiny wooden sword. Um, Robin's like, well, that's not fair. I've got a wooden sword, and this guy's got a steel sword. And uh, the Green Dragon leader's like, well, it might not be fair, but it sure will be interesting. So they start fighting, and the hatchet man ends up cutting uh, Robin's wooden sword into little pieces. But fortunately, Robin is a good pupil, and this will come up a little bit later again. Uh, He's got some gadgets uh, in his... uh, in his costume. And so he pulls out a sling in a pellet and uses the sling uh, to kill this, this hatchet man that's uh, been attacking him. Uh, and it's uh, straight out of David and Goliath. Like He, hit, he pegs him straight in the middle of the forehead. Uh, really, really cool panel. As that happens, Batman swings in, and uh, Batman and Robin start going up against the hatchet man. Batman uh, ends up taking the green dragon idol that's sitting up on a throne, and he knocks it over and uh crushes uh let's see two four six but eight or nine hatchet men to death and uh and then he grabs the leader and uh arrests him and ends up releasing the two kidnapped millionaires and then they explain that um The way that this whole thing was set up and you you don't really get this i was actually kind of surprised this was the revelation um the way that the whole kidnapping was set up was that uh the police would be looking for white gangsters and never suspect uh a chinese man of kidnapping these people and batman's like oh yes very smart um but luckily for batman wong gave him that tip r.i.p wong and uh of course he makes the papers Everyone's super happy that Batman stopped his opium trade. And, uh, you know, there's a little takeaway at the end with uh, Bruce talking about Wong. And he says, His sacrifice was not in vain, his people are free, and it is the end of the tongue of the Green Dragon. I don't know what a tongue is, but, you know, I don't speak 40s. So that's issue number 39. Then you get, uh, next issue is going to be issue 40, which is the first appearance of Clayface. And there have been a few different Clayface characters, uh, but this is the very first one. Really interesting book, so let's talk about that. So this Clayface is quite a bit different from what we're used to now. I know Clayface is big in Detective recently, so it's kind of cool that his first appearance was also in Detective Comics. Um, but this is not, you know, the giant monster made out of clay. Uh, this is a little bit different. It's a guy in makeup. Uh, but I'll, I'll get to that in a second. Um so batman's first girlfriend plays a key role in this uh in this issue it's julie madison who we met a few issues back and of course we know that she's been wanting to become an actress and this is the time where she gets her first big role and um it sets up a a very interesting whodunit it's like a game of clue this whole issue uh, which is really really fun Uh, so julie is working on this new movie Uh, called dread castle and it's a remake of a movie that was previously done with somebody else and she's going to be one of the main stars of the film not the the main person but you know she's moving on up in hollywood um so she batman well batman bruce wayne and dick go to the set uh to see uh julie act in her first big role and he gets to meet the director uh, he gets to meet Basil Carlo, who was the original Terror. The Terror is the bad guy in the Dread Castle. Uh, he gets to meet him. Um, they have an interesting interaction. They talk a little bit about Julie's acting career. Uh, we also get to meet Ned Norton, who's the director of the movie. And apparently, Ned is kind of a slacker. And uh, so the the main the producer of the, of the film. Ends up firing ned on the spot because he shows up late to work once again uh so now he is also directing the uh the film uh see we meet lorna dane who's a star of the movie and uh her ex-boyfriend fred walker which it's kind of interesting i guess that's kind of hollywood right because there's so many relationships that don't last very long uh moving in and out it's interesting that it's always kind of been that way in hollywood but they're they're the two stars of this movie And they're exes. And so they have a lot of tension as they're filming. And it's causing issues with production. But just the way that it's done, it's interesting because it's set up. uh, One way to set up all the main characters uh, in this film. Uh, We also meet uh, Roxy Brenner, who's one of the gangsters. And remember, this is the 40s. So gangsters are big, big, big deal in all these uh, early detective stories. So Roxy's the, the main gangster here and um, he is uh, asking for protection money from the producer of the movie uh, so that, you know, nothing happens to any of the stars. Again, it's a big game of whodunit, right? So we're getting introduced to all these people who have different motivations uh, for maybe doing something wrong. So the next day we get back into the set of The Dread Castle, and as the scene begins, the terror attacks Lorna, and she ends up dying. She gets killed. The lights get shut off, and when she wakes, when the lights come back on, she is on the ground, stabbed to death, and she was stabbed by this mysterious uh, creature dressed in purple. And it's kind of like uh, reminiscent of um, the Phantom of the Opera a little bit. Like his his features are hidden. It almost looks like a mask. Uh, and again, it's kind of hard to tell what the intent of what his face is supposed to look like from this old issue. But it looks like it could be a mask. And again, he's got very exaggerated features, big buggy eyes, big teeth, and uh, wearing a hat and a cloak, and he's got his, uh, his knives. So, of course, Bruce is there, and Dick's there, and Julie is very upset, right? Because she's, she's supposed to die in the film, in the next scene that they're going to film. And now she's worried that because Lorna died, that she's going to be killed next. And so, of course, Bruce says, well, you know, there's no way we're going to let this happen, Dick, suit up, and let's go to the movie set and see what's going on. So uh, Batman and Robin head off in their sweet, sweet Batmobile uh, to the uh, production studio. And when they get there, Roxy is again asking for protection money. So uh, Batman and Robin attack uh, the gangsters. And it's pretty funny, too, because one of them's like, I'm attacked by an elf, because uh, Robin is kind of like flying down from the, uh, from the ceiling. Um, there's a lot of funny one-liners here. You know, when we get to the 60s, and we maybe talk a little bit about the uh the batman tv show batman 66 um a lot of the uh those cheesy one-liners the pow kazam and all that that could easily have come from a story like this so pretty pretty sweet anyways roxy's like batman he's poison i'm getting out of here and batman's like like hell you are you're gonna join a little party and uh he kind of kicks him in the butt and roxy goes flying and batman confronts him he's like are you did you kill lorna and Roxy's like, no, I didn't kill her. He's like, I'm just trying to, uh, you know, get my protection money. He's like, I figured I'd just cash in on Lorna's death uh, so that way the producer would actually pay me instead of being hard as like he's being. And Batman's like, get out of here, you rat. Don't come back into the studio. So now Batman and the producer are kind of talking. They're trying to figure out maybe who could have done things. And the producer's like, well, maybe it was Fred Walker, her ex-boyfriend. That killed him, or maybe it was Ned Norton, the, the director. So Batman goes investigating. He goes to Fred Walker's house to see if maybe he can find some dirt on him. And he finds Fred dead in his closet, hung by a hook. Oh, well, he's not dead, but he's kind of unconscious. And uh, so he gets him out of there and he's like, Fred, Fred, like, who did this to you? And he says, It was Clayface. It was Clayface. Uh, and he dies. So, now Batman wants to know who this Clayface is. Robin goes off and investigates the... uh, He's off investigating at the movie studio to see what he can find out. And he's going through this thing, like, you know, they've built a a full-fledged castle. So, Robin's, like, going through the catacombs and, like, up and down stairs and through these dark hallways. And Clayface is there, of course. And he leaps at Robin and attacks him. After a little struggle, Clayface actually manages to knock Robin unconscious again... You know, he's the sidekick, so he's not going to be uh, forefront all the time, I guess. Um, and then throws him off the edge of the castle. And Batman's there, of course, doing his own research. And he, he looks over and he sees Robin falling into the water. He's like, oh my God, that's Robin. So he dives into the water and saves him. He's like, Robin, are you okay? He's like, yes, I'm fine. He's like, but there's a monster up in the tower. So Batman and Robin go and try to find where Clayface is. They can't find him. The film starts shooting again. And, of course, it's it's Julie's scene where she's supposed to die. So, up in the distance, you see Clayface. He's going to throw a knife uh, at Julie to kill her. Batman sees it, throws his uh, rope, grabs Clayface's uh, uh, wrist, pulls the knife away, and they start struggling. Uh, finally, they knock Clayface down on the ground, and he's got all this makeup on his face. And, of course, when they rub all the makeup off, it's Basil Carlo, who was the original Terror in the first movie and basil carlos story is kind of tragic right so he was this famous movie actor and after the dread castle came out like i don't know they don't specify what he did they just said he did like shifty things uh but i'm assuming like he maybe he was into drugs or alcohol or you know whatever it's illegal things um maybe he's just a dick to people who knows and so he got a lot of bad press and after that he couldn't get any more acting roles and so he was kind of acting out the scenes of this film in real life because in his mind he was kind of reliving uh, these horror movies uh, with himself as the main character. And, uh, of course, he gets arrested, taken away. Uh, Julie's, Julie's fine. right? She's happy that Batman saved her. Um, the producer offers Batman and Robin a movie role, and Batman's like, sorry, our career is... Uh, a constant battle against crime and evil. And uh, that's the end of the issue. So, pretty interesting. Uh, cool first appearance of Clayface. So, next up, we've got Detective issue number 41. Uh, this is going to be from July 1940. And uh, this is an interesting one because it's it's Robin's first um, like solo adventure, I guess you could say. I mean, Batman is there helping him out, but... It's the first time like you see the way that Dick thinks and works and how eventually he could become so much like Batman. And for those of us that you know grew up reading this stuff, I mean when when Batman disappeared uh in the nineties, it was Dick that took over. Well I guess it was a little bit later, maybe early two thousands. It was Dick that took over and I mean to me other than bruce dick is and probably will always be one of the best batman outside of bruce um so anyways here we're taking to a, a, an all boys school the blake school for boys um and batman and robin go there because of course in the newspaper uh there's a headline about a young boy that's kidnapped from blake's uh, blake's boys school and this is like a fancy like hoity toity uh, rich kid school right like everyone is millionaires and so of course batman and robin want to know what the what the deal is and what better way than to get some insider information than to enroll dick into the school so of course bruce and dick go to the school and uh, the principal is looking over his references and he's like "Wow, well, you know like mr wayne your references are impeccable like we're, we'll be so glad to have dick grayson here at our school uh of course because i mean he's loaded right he's bruce wayne and um as that happens, you, you get a little callback. So a lot of these issues are set up in very much the same way, right? It's, it's a whodunit. So you get introduced to a lot of characters very quickly who all have certain motivations to do whatever the crime might be in the issue. So here we're immediately met with uh, Mr. Greer, who's one of the teachers at the school. Um, he's getting fired from the school because he, fired, he, he, um, he failed a kid and the 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 principal's like listen you can't be failing kids here like their parents pay a lot of money you know like this is a snobbish school he's like how are we going to make money if you're failing kids the parents aren't going to pay tuition they'll send them somewhere else and so bruce sees and he's like oh well looks like you've got a little bit of issues right and the principal's like yeah not that big a deal um so then we meet mr graves who kind of looks like a woman it's a little odd but anyways we meet mr graves who's the art teacher at the school and he just kind of talks about all his masterful art pieces that are hanging on the hallway and uh, dick's like well this guy he he's he sure is modest we meet mr hodges and a couple other people Um, at the same time bruce decides to go off and he talks to dick he's like look dick you need to talk to other students in here talk to the teacher see what you can figure out and of course that night robin suits up And uh, he goes to the Spencer boys room uh, to read his diary to see if he can find any information about why he may have been uh, kidnapped. And when he gets there, he's reading one of the entries and it says, last night I saw a masked man walking down the corridor. I wonder who the masked man is. I'm going to tell Mr. Blake, Mr. Blake, the principal about it. And of course, as soon as that happens, the masked man shows up. Uh, That's the only way he's referred to in here. He's the masked man. And uh, he's dressed up pretty much exactly like clayface was um in issue 40 so he's got the purple cloak and the big hat i guess it's like you know that 40s gangster look kind of but he's got sort of a mask uh covering his face kind of like a bandana with some eye holes Uh, robin starts chasing him and ends up losing him when the masked man knocks him unconscious well kind of unconscious so now we, this is the first time we see the wireless, uh, and I love the, the change in terminology. It's, it's, I mean, it's a radio, but uh, it's in Robin's utility belt, so he pulls out like these headphones and he has to tuck in it, and uh, it's pretty funny because when he starts ringing Batman, um, it, it almost looks like Batman's got one of those old uh, phonographs kind of hanging out of his utility belt. Um, you know, like when they play the wax discs and it had that big cornucopia thing sticking out of the top. Pretty cool. And it's, uh, it's interesting to see how much technology has changed, right? Uh, I mean, this was still early tech back then. And I guess it's just kind of the way that they envisioned it being miniaturized was exactly like the big version, but in a little tiny version. So that's pretty cool. Uh, we, we head back to the masked man. He's reading the uh, kid's diary as well. To see if he can find out what the kid knows and uh robin starts chasing him again there's that's that's when this maniac attacks robin so not only are all these people have uh, motivation for being pissed at the school and the principal and and you know maybe kidnapping the kid but there's also a madman on the loose this guy escaped from a mental hospital and he had killed the janitor of the school and so now he attacks robin And, of course, he becomes one of our other uh, potential kidnappers. The police get called in. We find out that Mr. Blake has been murdered. So the police are questioning uh, Mr. Spencer and a few other people. And then you get this cool panel of, you know, who do you think is the mystery murderer? Who do you think is the mass menace? Check which person you think is guilty. You see Greer, Blake, Graves, the escape maniac, and Hodges, the uh, history teacher batman and robin are kind of coordinating to see you know what they found out independently when the masked man shows up again so robin starts following him he follows him through a corridor that ends up leading to this house that's off in the woods um after he he leaves the secret passage and when he gets there he sees spencer the, the boy that's been kidnapped or ted spencer's his name he sees him and he sees a bunch of gangsters And so what they're doing is they're uh counterfeiting money in in this little cabin in the woods robin starts fighting these guys batman of course shows up because he's been following robin the whole time and uh they end up taking care of this gang robin follows the masked man through another secret corridor and brings out his sling and pop pops him in the back of the head and knocks him out and it turns out that it's graves the art teacher and he is using his superior art talents to create templates for counterfeiting uh, money uh, at the school. So um, the reason that some of the other folks had gotten killed was because they had found out that Graves was the counterfeiter. And uh, Ted Spencer, the little boy from the school, was kidnapped because he had seen Graves uh, going through this uh, corridor and uh, saw that he was counterfeiting money. Now that we know that Graves is the, uh, the masked man, the whole gang gets arrested. You know, the whole thing gets blown out of proportion. You know, the school's being used as a counterfeiting operation because the principal knew about it. These teachers knew about it. And then you get, you know, Bruce or Dick asking Bruce, Well, Bruce, how did I do on this case? And Bruce says, All I've got to say is, if you're as terrific as you are as a kid, I pity the criminals when you're a grown man. And of course, we all know Dick ends up being a freaking awesome crime fighter so that's the end of issue 41 uh let's go on to 42 so finally we've got detective comics number 42 from uh august 1940 and this is the case of the prophetic pictures and this uh this is a cool story this is an interesting story um so what happens is bruce gets invited to this big gala for this new artist that's been discovered from europe and he's been brought over by uh mr wiley Um, who's just a rich man who really believes in this painter Um, and he's kind of introducing him to all these socialites of Gotham and uh, you get to meet a few different people you got his manager Mr. Bleak of course Mr. Wiley Uh, you meet um, Mikov who is a guy that knows Antal from Europe and Mikov is uh, Mikov is the brother of a guy that Antal the painter used to date And it turns out that after Antal uh, broke up with his sister, she committed suicide. And so uh, this guy blames Antal for his sister's death and says he's going to ruin him. So as this happens, you, uh, you get to meet a few of the different socialites in Gotham, a few different famous people, and they're all getting their paintings done, their portraits done by Antal. Um, you know he, they're, they're really pushing for this guy to be the next big thing among the socialites. And they're paying tons of money to uh, have their porches painted because he's, he's really good at what he does. But the problem is that anybody that starts getting their painting made by Antal ends up getting murdered. So the first one, um, the first socialite, the uh, Mr. Van Guild, his porch is hanging up on his mantle and it's got a knife through his chest. And everyone's like well that's kind of odd why is his why is there a knife through this painting and of course the next day they find the guy dead on his couch with a knife through his uh, chest Uh, next up you have carmen largo who's an opera singer and she's got darts through her uh, neck on the painting and of course the next day during one of her opera performances she uh she gets a dart through her neck and dies And you've got a few other people that end up showing up, and they all are getting murdered in the way that their painting is depicted. So Bruce wants to find out what's going on, and he starts investigating all these people. Um, And as he's doing that, the police are uh, also investigating, and they find Batman in one of the houses of one of the people that got killed, so they think that it's Batman that's doing all these murders. So Batman tries to escape, and of course he has to clear his name. You know, he talks to the agent. Um, He goes to see Commissioner Gordon. He's like, "Look, we need to find out what's going on. All these rich people, all these socialites in Gotham, are getting killed." Uh, And as that happens, Mister Wiley comes in the door, and he's like, "He's got a a brace through his arm," and he's like, "Look, my painting was done, and the murderer tried to break into my house. We had a fight. I broke my arm. I need you to catch this guy." Mister Travers shows up, who's another wealthy socialite. His painting has him uh, being shot by an arrow. And the commissioner's like, look, we need to put you kind of in protective custody. And Mr. Travers is, you know, he's one of those rich, wealthy guys that thinks that nothing can happen to him. He's like, listen, nothing's going to happen to me. I'm going to save myself. I'm going to go hang out in my yacht, and uh, I'll be fine. So, of course, uh, Bruce and Dick think that he's going to be the next person to get killed. So they go to um, his yacht. And sure enough, there's the the murderer about to shoot uh, Mr. Uh, Travers with an arrow, and uh, Robin knocks the arrow out of the air with his sling, his famous trusty sling uh, that he uses all the time. Uh, they have a little fight, and the murderer escapes on a speedboat. And Bruce decides that he's going to be the next uh, the next target of this murderer, so he has his paint his portrait done by Antal and uh he's like my god at last it's finished i've never realized how handsome i am i shall have to hang it in a prominent place and until's like uh this guy's either has no fear or he's the most conceited fool i've ever seen uh so of course bruce hangs the uh the portrait on his He's like, man, he's like, I, I look good. He's like, isn't this painting amazing? And Robin's like, yeah, sure. You're acting a little weird. But of course, it's all part of the plan. So the next day, Bruce is just hanging out. He's like, I'm, he's like uh, Robin's like, aren't you going to do something? I'm like, this guy's going to kill you. He's like, look at your painting. He's like, there's bullet holes through it, through the forehead. And Bruce is like, yeah, there sure are. I wonder how he snuck into the mansion. He's like, I'm just going to hang out here on, on my couch and wait for the murderer to come and uh, stop me because, of course, he's Batman. That night, you see the murderer coming in through the window. He's getting ready to shoot Bruce in the head, and from out of a door, jumps the Batman. He uh, wrestles the uh, murderer down, pins him down, and it turns out that uh, Robin was hiding under a dummy that looked like Bruce Wayne, kind of to make him look like he was alive. And the murderer ends up being Mr. Wiley, who's the promoter that brought Antal from Europe. And the reason he was doing all this is that he was broke. He was severely in debt to a lot of these uh, rich socialites in Gotham. But while Antal was in Europe, he had bought a bunch of portraits for super cheap. And so he figured if he made Antal a famous household name uh, through all these murders that were being committed, that he could sell the paintings for a bunch of money and uh, no longer be in debt so of course uh mr wally doesn't want to get captured and he takes out a gun and shoots himself and raman says oh my god he couldn't stand the disgrace and batman says much better this way now i think we'd better call the police and tell them that mr bruce wayne's life was saved by the batman so of course now uh, he's got an alibi where he can't be called the batman right because he was saved by the batman and uh that also makes the batman the good guy and so the police won't be, uh, won't be trying to find him anymore. So really interesting, uh really interesting set of issues uh, from the 40s. I hope you enjoy those. I'll, I'll release a next episode uh, later on in the week. And I'll be talking about Batman number two and three. So I hope you enjoyed. You can find me at Geekvine on Twitter. Uh, Nerdlegion at gmail.com is the email address. And uh, check out all the other shows on the network. Have a good night.